Okay, Andrew, what do you have today? I've got pop-up. It's a pop-up. This is a pop-up episode. What's a pop-up? That's us. We're just popping up. Okay, people, let's begin. Lift off. We have lift off. Get up, everybody. Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the first pop up episode of the Truth Bay Podcast. I'm documentary filmmaker and podcaster Andrew Marcus. And with me always, as we deconstruct America's propaganda war and reconstruct America's cultural narrative in our image is documentary filmmaker and podcaster, the one and only Rebel Pundit, Jeremy Siegel! Thank you. Thank you. And I'm still trying to figure out what is a pop-up. The pop-up episode. This is, it's not a Tuesday, it's not a Friday. We have so much extra content that we're popping up to give you an extra episode. Do you understand now? Yeah. Good. Are I you, think. Are you ready to pop? Awfully generous. It's awfully generous. Us. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's, it is generous, but it's also selfish because this is content we have prepped and we couldn't get to in other programs without going three, four, five hours. And we just weren't going to do that. And we want to, we want to cover this content. So we're giving you a pop up episode. Consider it the third hour of yesterday's show or the. First hour of Friday's show for anyone that listens to different segments throughout the week, all week long. It's just another hour uh, or, I have, or, or less. <laughs> or less. That's right. We're going to try and speed through this. It's a pop-up episode. We need a jingle for well, pop-up. I'm afraid we're going to have a pop-up that's like four and a half hours. No, only if we keep talking about the pop-up episode. <laughs> How do you like the pop-up episode so far? <laughs> Write us a truth at truthbait.com. <laughs> uh, I have... Uh, uh, I have hold a on, hold on, everybody. Share the show. Share the show. That's true. Okay, Share go. the show. Share the pop-up. Okay, are you ready? You ready for what yeah. I have? What you have? I have yes. a World War III update, and I, I just have kept adding to it since I you know, first wanted to play it two episodes ago. Bounced it twice, but uh, uh, it's still a good update. Got to get to it, though, before it's stale. Uh, and I have the, the clip that I took from the No Agenda podcast, uh, the Podfathers, uh, about trans Maoism. And uh, it falls very much in line with, with what you have been saying about what the trans movement represents uh, to our culture. So I thought it would be worth playing. I wonder if the trans movement's over. And we'll, I guess we'll just get into that with my and It's Biden getting more radical. Segment. I don't know if it's over. It's about to get more radical, even more. They're coming out of the, uh, out of the radical closet. But uh, okay. What do you have? I've got Biden, uh, Biden's announcement and another clip uh, of Biden at uh, some Rose Garden ceremony or something from okay. the other day, and I think it's an important one. So definitely, and Biden's announcement will get will get stale 
for sure. So we have to cover that. That's this is why we're bringing you stale. the pop up episode. But yeah, but you'll keep it fresh. I, I what it's it, <laughs> it was is drowned stale, out your by take Tucker. Is not stale. <laughs> it, was, it was it was drowned out. It was drowned out by Tucker. Tucker is still dominating. Tucker and Don Lemon, and now Nate Silver. It's uh, Nate Silver was cut by uh, by Disney uh, from his the publication he started and Disney bought, and now they've cut him. It's like a cartel, a media cartel arrangement to get rid of their most extreme characters. It's shocking, all so that they can right, and then look, look, we're all we're going to go back to like nice media, right? A new page, we're turning over a new page. You can trust us again. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Don't fall for it. World people. War Three. Go. World War Three. Go. World War Three update. So uh, the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corp, uh, which is one of the most important chip makers in the world, and one of the main reasons why China wants to storm in and take over Taiwan uh, or make sure that they are part of China because they want control over the semiconductor market and. Uh, this uh, first report, uh, well, here, we'll play it and we'll talk about it. Comes from DW News, Taiwan. A German delegation is currently in Taiwan, hoping to secure a deal that would see the world's biggest chip maker, TSMC, open its first European factory in the eastern state of Saxony. TSMC has already committed to opening a plant in the U.S. state of Arizona next year and is setting up operations in Japan as well. Both the United States and the European Union are seeking to entice chip manufacturers with generous subsidies. Its supply chain revealed that it has recently received requests from TSMC to provide uh, preliminary quotations for equipment, consumables, and plant facilities to be shipped to Germany. TSMC has also made similar requests to suppliers before setting up a new plant in Arizona and then announced plans for a new plant in the U.S. And so, as you mentioned, this is part of a wider international expansion for TSMC. It's due to open that chip plant in Arizona next year, benefiting, of course, from generous U.S. state support for the chips industry. Would you say we are in the middle of a subsidy race? Well, yes, definitely. Not just the U.S. Singapore has also offered substantial subsidies to attract TSMC. So the EU really struggles to catch up with the U.S. and Asia in chip subsidies. However, it takes much more than money. TSMC's success reflects a corporate culture that molds a workforce of thousands of technicians willing to execute the demanding work required to ensure high yields. It also requires an educational system that can provide the basic training in electrical engineering to continuously train new technicians who will staff the dozens of chip factories. But what could this international expansion mean for China? Well, it's a big blow to China. TSMC's presence in the US, Europe, or other countries outside of China will foster a new ecosystem of this industry independent of China. The suppliers and the subcontractors that will also move to their new base of operations. It's a tool for the US-led Western powers to enhance the ability of democratic countries to maintain a competitive advantage against China and strengthen the backbone of the Indo-Pacific partnership. As for Beijing, it calls these moves a total robbery and a way to suppress its development. There's a lot in that clip to unpack. First, I think it's very interesting that 
basically, uh, Taiwan Semiconductor is doing everything it can to diversify its assets off the island, which is probably smart. And what took them so long? I don't know. I th- what really jumped out to me there, though, was two things. One, that it's a subsidies war. And that is what really what we're involved in. And that is where the, I think it was the Inflation Reduction Act is where this subsidy money is really coming from. And it's part of the bait and switch of the Inflation Reduction Act, if I'm not mistaken. It, did it come? Do you know if the subsidies are coming from that act or was it, was it a separate? I have no idea. Uh, at any rate, the, it, the bottom line is the same. The United States has decided to, uh, I guess, skew the free market and, and compete with China directly on subsidies for these companies. And that may be strategically uh, the right thing to do. I don't know. Europe is certainly upset about it. And they, because they, they don't feel like they're in any position to compete on the subsidy level. And so they feel like they're going to get left behind. You know, on one hand, I feel like subsidies are a total violation of the, of the free market. And on the other hand, what do you do when you're competing with a China and they're gobbling everything up and they're doing it with subsidies? Well, it's obviously a, it's preparation for a time that's coming where, you can't get these things from China, right? So you got to make them here. Well, I suppose, but also hasn't our system, hasn't there always been this impulse in our system to compete with China and other, uh, I guess, you know, autocratic uh, regimes that can set policy on a dime and and use the power of the government to move industry uh, there have been forces in our government that have wanted to emulate that for a very long time. And I feel like, you know, on one hand, that's what the subsidies are. We've basically given over to the idea of competing with China on China's terms. It just seems like war preparation to me. I think it's that too. That certainly informs the the urgency while they're you know looking to put it in the United States and in and in Germany what's very interesting to me this is the other part that was interesting to me interesting to me about that clip was where they were talking about education does anybody really think that our woke generation of of weak-minded losers that we're building that we're churning out are going to be the people that are going to be able to staff any of these companies we're putting out idiots that can't read or do math at basic level Maybe the people coming across the border could work there. <laughs> right. Right. Where are these skilled laborers going to come from? We, how are we going to attract them when we're no longer the country that represents freedom? That used to be how we did it. Subsidized paychecks. We're going to subsidize paychecks to bring people in but, from no, overseas. But so will China. Again, our competitive advantage was freedom. And we've given that up. So I don't know how we're going to possibly, without freedom, how we're going to compete with China on their terms. Anyway, uh, China is definitely preparing for battle. Here's a clip I found on uh, memory, M-E-M-E-M-R-I, the Middle East uh, 
Hold on, let me pull it up specifically. What I don't want to mispronounce what they are. Oh, the Middle East, Middle East Media, Media Research Institute. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it is about these pocket drones that China has developed. And these little pocket drones are very, they're scary. Uh, they're, they're scary when you hear the way that they're describing them. Listen to this. This pocket-sized drone is small and light, easy to carry, and convenient to deploy, making it a powerful assistant for individual combat. Despite its small size, it is equipped with thousands of components and various advanced electronic systems, including laser radar, high-precision GPS receiver, high-definition camera, and other powerful reconnaissance capabilities. In the future, UAVs may transition from extremely large to extremely small, as these small devices are difficult to detect and pose significant challenges to reconnaissance and early warning. In the future, drones may be modified to resemble birds, insects, or even marine creatures, making it difficult to distinguish between real and fake biological organisms. Additionally, there will be multi-amphibian drones. In the future, this type of drone can function as a boat on the water's surface, and an unmanned underwater vehicle. But if needed, it can fly from under the water to the sky, forming a kind of cross-media transformation and interaction between unmanned boats and UAVs. Now, some of that might have been a little difficult to understand. Uh, was that the AI that with was the a- Chinese accent? Yep, that's exactly what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I've read about that over the weekend, that they now have AI, you can have it do a Chinese accent. That's exactly now, is that right. not racist? Uh, it may be, a little bit. <laughs> I played around with different voices, and that one was the one that sounded the most appropriate. <laughs> Did you hear what he talked about, the, the drones that are going to... Uh, be looking like insects insects and the, the other one i that think was we really, already have that uh we have some of that and, and we we ran a story a couple episodes ago about a uh they were using birds de- dead birds <laughs> as uh maybe we well, didn't run it maybe i only prepped it i have to go the, back and look there uh, are these flies there are these flies every summer for the last couple of years i've never seen a fly like this before they come around my pool Wait, do you think that you've got drone flies (laughs) at your pool? Yes. That is a misallocation of resources. I've even said this before. I'm like, I don't, you look at these flies and the way they fly, they they don't fly like flies. They fly like drones. Hang on. I'm getting you some tinfoil so you can catch one of these flies. (laughs) I, you I have catch one. said it. I've had people over. I've had people over at my house, and I'm like, these are these drone flies. They're recording us and sending it back to some, you know, someone in the government somewhere. Because the flies, I've never seen your, flies it's like your, it. It's your Johns Hopkins wife who's doing it. They look like they look like flies, kind not like a house fly, a little different. And 
they have a body and eyes and stuff, kind of like it's like a, some sort of fly you've never seen before. But the way that they fly, they don't fly like a fly flies. They fly like a drone flies. Like they hover. Jeremy, this and is they, vi- and they, very easy to confirm. Very easy to confirm. I'll get you a drone fly swatter. <laughs> you can capture one of these. Or is it is it one of those really tricky fly drones where when you swat it it it, it spurts blood no, you, and yeah, guts and get... you think it's you think it's a real fly. Right. Well that's probably the self-destruct mechanism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been able to kill one. The thing that is scary about that report though is how the entire tone of it is offensive. These are offensive use drones. They're talking about how they won't be able to be detected. They'll be a it'll be a surprise. They're talking about underwater drones that will then jump up out of the water and give you a surprise attack from the air. They they are planning for attack. They're not planning for defense. They're planning for offense. It's getting eerily similar to the Matrix, where the machines take over. Right? The artificial intelligence, drones that can follow you right. anywhere. Or Minority Report, where they had those spiders that they, they would bring, they brought them into the apartment complex, and then the spiders go through and, and scan everybody's eyes. Now I wish I brought that clip of the, the, I think it was Tucker interviewing Elon Musk recently, and Musk was talking about, basically he was looking really scared about where AI is going and I don't know if he's, I don't know if it's part of trying to position himself as a man of the people or not, but he's just, he's talking about really needing to be careful as we go down this road, you know, that everybody's racing down to build all this AI technology. And he's basically saying, we've got, we need to have a, a, a manual power down switch <laughs> to turn it, to be able to turn it off. You know, and if you've ever seen 2001 Space Odyssey, you can start in, in, in The Matrix, you know, and, to, and a lot of these science fiction movies of the past. Predator. Now we've got the Predator yeah, but police who's, dogs, who's gonna make robot all this police stuff, dogs. Where is it all manufactured? All these I think things. we're going to... I think we're going to have uh, illegal transvestites make it. Yeah. yeah. No, but in reality, it's all being made in China. Even the West's technology is all being made in China. They're going to control all of it. All well, that's of it. comforting. You think that's we're if we were thought. to try to embark to make drones to compete with the drones that they're making, we have to go to China to have them made. Can't we just buy them from China? That's my point. <laughs> well, we're going to be buying Chinese-made goods. To compete with the Chinese? We are so behind the eight ball, everyone, which is why it's insane for us to be rushing into this war. The only way it ends is nuclear, because we are not going to be able to defend ourselves against them. And meanwhile, they really don't like us selling weapons to Taiwan. Uh... Here's Wang Winbin, the uh, CCP 
This is the spokesman for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. U.S. military contact with Taiwan. I used a non-racist voice for this one. U.S. military contact with Taiwan and its arms sales to the region seriously violate the One China Principle and the stipulations of the three China-U.S. joint communiques, especially the August 17th communique. The move will harm China's sovereignty and security interests and threaten peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. We deplore and firmly oppose them. What has happened proves that the root cause of the new round of tensions in the Taiwan Strait is the Taiwan Authority's repeated attempt to solicit U.S. support for Taiwan independence, the fact that some in the U.S. intend to use Taiwan to contain China, and their joint attempt to change the status quo in the Taiwan Strait. This is an extremely dangerous trajectory no different from playing with fire, said Wang. We urge the U.S. to earnestly abide by the One China Principle and the stipulations of the three China-U.S. joint communiques, stop having military contact with and selling arms to Taiwan, stop creating factors that could cause tensions in the Taiwan Strait, stop seeking to change the status quo, and avoid going further down the wrong path of colluding with the Taiwan authorities. The Chinese side will take strong and resolute measures to firmly defend our sovereignty and security interests. We are just blindly stumbling into this. Not our establishment, but the American people who aren't paying much attention are going to be very surprised when this all happens. China is, they could not be any more clear or explicit. They're repeating it over and over and over again. There's nothing irrational about their position. Now, we may disagree with their position. And again, I've said this before, I have no problem with us confronting the CCP. I just wish we were doing it from a position of strength. I think it's insane that we've made ourselves completely dependent on them. And then that's when, once we are now completely dependent on them, that's when we're going to confront them face on. That's insane. But we're going to be making chips in Arizona. We'll be ready. Yeah, we'll be ready. Our chips are going to be the size of school buses. <laughs> They're going to, you know, it's going to be like the old computers, the, the first computers. No, it's, all, it's going to be all imported labor. It's All of it is going to just be engineers coming from Asia and other countries that have valued creating engineers instead of woke bots. Hopefully, maybe these engineers can create new American kids that, that they can just program to be idiots so that we don't have to you know keep churning them out. Aren't you starting to see the reason and value in just becoming woke and going along with the plan? Oh, did you hear that sound? No. Oh, good. It didn't come through. Sorry. My computer made a noise. I'm going to end that right now. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, it would be easier to go woke if you could stop thinking. <laughs> you don't have to think about any of this. Yeah, it, it. Well, they're working on that too. They're working on that. But too. this is. But this is That's why you have to for believe. legalizing uh, hallucinogenics. The oh, the microdosing to make us all feel better about becoming slaves. The the right. Jeremy. But this is where you can see strategically. There's been an effort to make us stupid. We have we have been convinced that it is virtuous to produce. People who cannot compete with the engineers of Asia. Cannot compete. Can't compete with the biological engineers. Can't compete with the chemical engineers. Can't compete with the intelligence in Asia. Do you think that's an accident? 
How much money do you think China has pumped into our uh, into our education unions? I think we need to do that for equality and balance us out. We used to be too strong. It wasn't fair to the other countries. Every time I hear teachers, educators, politicians talking about having to teach about equity and all this woke garbage, I, I just know they're on the take. They're either useful idiots for China or they're on the CCP's take. Because if you look at who has the biggest interest in us producing generations of idiots who cannot compete, that's China. That's the way that they can make sure that we don't, even if we want to compete with them, we can't. We don't even innovate anymore. The you innovation is now the coming from China. It's already, the ship has sailed, people. You keep using the term woke. Can you define that? Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Marxist. Marxist. These are Marxists. Yes. Woke is just so much easier. It rolls off the tongue. I know. Yeah. I get it. Uh, here is the CCP. Just to, just to, again, illustrate how aggressive they are in their position, they're lining up the world against us. Uh, I don't know how much success they're having, but they're definitely making a big move. Here is the Chinese foreign minister, Qing Gang, uh, telling his Japanese counterpart, Yoshimasa Hayashi, on April 2nd, not to follow the United States' lead in trying to contain China. And they literally tell Japan the U.S. is a villain. The U.S. used bullying tactics to brutally suppress the Japanese semiconductor industry, and now it is repeating its old tricks against China. Japan should not help a villain do evil. Japan should not help a villain do evil. Pay very close attention to how they're talking about us. And meanwhile, yeah, they're probably worried. What's that? They're probably worried over there in Japan. They see what's coming, and you can't trust America anymore. Yeah, Japan's caught between a rock and a hard place, aren't they? China is their enemy, and America can't be trusted. We're not, we're not reliable. I have a feeling, though, Japan's going with us in the long run. But I, regardless of what Japan does, I just found it... Again, you've got, when you take it in the aggregate, China is broadcasting how angry they are with us. They are broadcasting that they consider us villains on the public stage. That's publicly they're saying that. They are, they're broadcasting that they are preparing themselves for an offensive military operation. They're broadcasting it. And we're watching the Kardashians. We're watching Tucker Carlson. Maybe that's a good thing that they're doing that. It's like our military strategy. We always an we announce everything we're going to do before it doesn't work. 
Yeah, I think China's is going to work. They're at the ascendancy of their <laughs> of their military power. They're still in the phase where it's going to work. They're probably about 100 years like, from when it starts to all break down on them. Aren't we announcing now our May off uh, our May counter offensive in uh, in Ukraine? What Ukraine. a joke! Yeah, what an absolute. Hey, joke. I was gonna. But, I was thinking. I was thinking of stopping by your house tonight and mugging you. Is that okay? <laughs> I'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, just so everybody knows, that's that is complete nonsense. N- nothing is going to change. The Cold War Berlin Wall. In Ukraine is going to be that river, the Nijing River. I, I think I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, I'm sure. Uh, that river is going to be the east-west line. So everything else is just BS in preparation for that. Um, and I have two more clips here. The first one tees up the second one. This is uh, the CCP Defense Minister Li Shangfu's visit to Russia. And... Uh, they uh, in this, the Russians and the and the Chinese basically vowed to get married and protect each other. The two sides had an in-depth exchange of views on international and regional security situations, reiterated that they will firmly support each other when it comes to safeguarding the two countries' respective core interests and jointly oppose external interference in internal affairs. The Russian side said that it opposes Taiwan independence in any form and firmly supports China in safeguarding its sovereignty and territorial integrity. Third, the visit helped carry out the Global Security Initiative, GSI, and safeguard world peace. China briefed Russia on the guiding principles of the 20th CPC National Congress, the two sessions, and major concepts such as building a community with a shared future for mankind and the GSI. China is ready to further consolidate and strengthen strategic coordination with Russia, practice genuine multilateralism, oppose unilateralism and hegemonism, and firmly safeguard international fairness and justice. How fun must that lecture have been on the <laughs> on the Chinese? Uh, uh, Carry out the, the Global second? Security Initiative (GSI) and safeguard world peace. China briefed Russia on the guiding principles of the 20th CPC National Congress. That must have been a fun conversation. <laughs> Can you imagine that lecture? That should tell you where they, where they view the relationship. Russia is subservient to China. Well, Russia's always, I mean, Russia is part of the East, yeah, so, but, but can you imagine Russia lecturing China on the finer points of, you know, uh, Duma declaration? <laughs> yeah, that their philosophy? Not really. No, because China's the one who's lecturing. China is on top. China's on top and they know it. But they did, I think, they stepped in it. And they created a problem for themselves with Europe. Because you know, as we've talked on previous episodes, China is attempting to woo Europe. They're trying to create a wedge between the United States and Europe as this, as this new confrontation, hot war, hot war, cold war begins to take hold. And, you know, they have reason to believe that they may have, uh, that they should be optimistic on that effort because um, uh the United States has done some pretty damaging things to Europe uh, in the last few years. One, the uh, as we mentioned, the uh, 
the subsidies that Europe feels that it can't keep up with and feels betrayed by the United States for rushing in and doing it at, at what they see as at their, at their uh, expense. Uh, and then we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. These are things that have, you know, not exactly been friendly things to do to our ally. So China is probably right that there's an opportunity there, but not when they say things like this. Now, Beijing says it respects the sovereign status of former Soviet states. A Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson made the clarification after controversial remarks by Beijing's ambassador to Paris. Envoy Lu Sheyi earlier told a television interview there is no international agreement that would effectively establish the status of former Soviet states as sovereign countries. Whoops! <laughs> Someone said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> Several European capitals expressed their dismay over that interview, with one foreign minister calling Liu's comments totally unacceptable. The backlash prompted the Chinese embassy in Paris to issue a statement on Monday claiming Liu's remarks are not a political declaration, but an expression of his personal views. Uh, it's nice to see China have to backtrack on something. You don't see that very often. Uh, Europe... Uh, is probably just going to use it to shake down China for better, <laughs> better, some whatever better trade deal they can. Are you there? I'm here. I was listening to you. Well, I I had stopped talking. <laughs> Sometimes I, I wonder you were if make you're another still there. Point. <laughs> I I thought you were going to make another point. I, I do go on, don't I? Uh, no, that's all I have. That's my that's my World War Three update. It's just it's just getting worse. Keep that in mind as we're all distracted by these domestic issues. Well, there aren't they distracting us from dis, from the domestic issues? <laughs> <laughs> No, and if you notice, I, didn't, I couldn't go to any <laughs> any American media for any of that. It, you have to go to all overseas media to find out it's what's actually happening uh, in the yeah. coming world war. Yeah. No, they don't want to talk about stuff like that. They don't want to get people too scared or worried. They don't want to ruin Biden's excellent ratings. Uh, now, because this is a shorter episode, I don't even know that we do a, a full ask here. I mean, here, let's let's do this. Do a half ask. And then we'll just leave that just like that. <laughs> yeah, do a half ask. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we use the value for value model. This is a pop-up episode. Still, there are no ads. We rely on our listeners to support us. Please support us. Write us a truth at truthbait.com. Share the show. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate the show, and leave a comment. Please leave a comment. Let's see. Have there been any new comments, Jeremy? Let's go look. I didn't see any. I'm opening up. On Apple. Well, I don't know anywhere else that really has the comments, though. Do you? We've gotten more That's ratings. That's the only place I... Uh, and we're still at 5.0, but no, only two reviews still. Ladies and gentlemen, we, I know we have a lot more than two listeners. Please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us I, a message. Cl leave a written rating, a review. 
I know that uh, executive producer Ann told me that somebody had texted her that um, I should stop worrying about not sounding enthusiastic or energetic enough and that I sound fine. So I disagree with that. I, I liked <laughs> I, I liked I liked that. I, I liked that feedback. I think two episodes ago you were that was that was you bringing full energy. I think yesterday you were a little bit reduced from that. Of course, here let me. I used a pink. I used a. I used a pink light yesterday in my studio. That was an pinkish, purplish. Go back. And I think it was more purplish the other day. Today I'm doing green. Yeah. So it's like totally green in here. Go back to whatever you had two episodes uh, ago. And I have to go back too because I was I was that was my, top of my game was two episodes ago. I was hardly flustered. I got all the lines out the right way, uh, and I have slipped since then as well. So just a little self criticism. It's not all just me attacking I you. Jeremy. I think we sound. I think we sound really good. Yeah. No, I think you could improve. <laughs> uh, well. So, uh, but thank you for the continued feedback and. Um, and again, write us at truth or truthbait.com and share the show. Share the show, ladies and gentlemen. Share, share the, show. the show. Okay, so Biden. Yes. He's in. He's running again. <laughs> Has anybody told him? Uh, evidently, he is aware. And he recorded a video announcement. And I don't know if anybody saw it or not because everybody's been running around talking about Tucker and Don Lemon. I have not seen it. You haven't seen it at all? No, because I, <laughs> I wouldn't even, I, I haven't even watched Trump's announcement. I don't care. Well, Trump's announcement <laughs> is three hours. <laughs> Yeah. And that's like a truth bait episode. Yeah, unless the person who's act right. <laughs> unless the person who is actually uh pulling the strings. Let's put this way. If Obama comes out and, and makes the announcement, then I'll listen because he's the actual president. I don't think so. I think he's golfing somewhere with George Bush. Um So you think so you think Biden's so, the actual who do you think's the actual president? Susan Rice? I, I think it's a group of people. Right, I don't the think communist committee. One person calling. Yeah, I mean, it's like a central committee type, situ, you know, organization. All right, who's on the committee? I don't think that. Who's on the committee? I know you've got I Obama on the committee. I think it's all. And I think Clinton. it's all of them. I think the Bushes. I think the Bushes are involved. I think the Clintons but no, I don't are think involved. the Bushes are sitting Obama's on the involved. communist committee. I think. I think it's. It's. These are hard leftists. Oh, I. I'm, I think the Bushes are hard leftists. No, they, I, again, I just, but I don't think that they're let into the circle this particular way. I think they're useful idiots more than anything. I completely disagree. I think they're a hundred percent. All right, so you've got Bush on. I, I, I want to get past this argument. So you've got Bush on the. I'll put Bush on the committee. Who else? You got Obama, Clinton, and Bush. Who else is on this committee? Who's running the country? Yeah, and then you have. And then you have your CIA. It's people we don't know. It's people we've never heard of. Right. It's that you, like, do you think we're getting the whole story that everybody's figured out George Soros is the puppet master? George Soros isn't the puppet master. No, I'm not putting him George on the George Soros committee. is one of the 
George Soros is, but that's what we do is we get, we get, we get thrown a lot of these names our way, right? The Koch brothers or the Soros or whoever, there's these people, Susan Rice or Obama, any of these names that are in our yeah, normal but Obama has real power. Obama has genuine power. Obama has influence. Now, Obama's an influencer for the public. Which gives him a tremendous amount of power. yes, he has power. Yeah, but I don't think he's calling any shots. I think Obama's a yes man. Uh, And he's a smart guy. I think he's a a smart, trained Marxist. I think he's got a seat at the committee. I think he has a seat at yeah, the committee. For sure. I think little Mao yeah, Jack, no Grandma question. Mao Jackets, uh, Hillary Clinton, she's got a seat at the committee. Right. But the but the there I don't think there's a single person. No, that's what I'm saying. It's a committee. You've got Brennan. Brennan decision. is probably on the committee. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of people we've never heard of, people from BlackRock and people from Vanguard, those companies that are, you know, the largest investment stakeholders and all the biggest corporations in the country so that you know there's I, th- I think there's a lot of people but i but it's it's not is Trump biden on the committee do you Kennedy. think biden's even on the committee <laughs> biden might be the one that that actually calls all the shots he just calls the shots they tell him to yeah see i don't even think he's on the committee <laughs> i don't even think he's there <laughs> he's not at a single meeting he's not he's just he gets his marching orders well, he's in, okay? He's running. He's probably going to be the president again. Um, and it's he's kicking it off with this amazing announcement and it's just is it filled full with of unity? energy. It's full of unity, it's full of energy. They should have just used the Budweiser Trump, commercial that they put out to try, to Trump, try and overcome the Dylan Mulvaney stuff. Well, that's interesting that you say that. Because there's something missing out of this video. And unfortunately for the listeners, you can only hear uh, his opening case for re-election and you can't see it. But let's just take a listen. And I I cut a few parts of it out where it was just music. Um, So it runs about two minutes here, but take a listen. Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. It shouldn't be a red revolution. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer, I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty, respect, and treating each other with dignity. 
that we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. Okay, so then it goes into like one minute of just... And the whole video is... It's cut really well. It's bruised really well. It's fat. I couldn't it's slow and when and he was saying freedom. It, right. As <laughs> as slow and decrepit as he sounds, the video is cut with a high tempo. So a fast tempo. I mean it's it's there's like not an image on the screen that lasts longer than one second. Most most of the I mean it, this is like flash, 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 which is the it's the only way to give some life to this corpse. Um, that last minute, which I cut off at the end, is a much faster tempo music, and it's the same thing. And it's just, you know, it, it's all images of, you know, regular Americans, right? Blue collar, there's workers, there's firefighters, nurses, electricians, doctors, people, kids, every every kind and color of american and he's talking about that you know opportunities and equality and all of that stuff and there's just one type of american that does not flash for even a split second in this 3 minute video what's that and it's a transvestite there's no trans in this there's n- there's not one transvestite in this whole video. Why? Are they? Yeah, this is what you're saying. Know. You think that they're moving away from the trans movement? I actually don't think they are, but I think that you know it's telling. Well, they're not centering. It's telling, making them visible. He disappeared right. I mean, the they, trans community. <gasps> he totally erased the transvestites. Oh my! This is a crime. And uh, I haven't seen anybody. Well, maybe you can't. Maybe point you just can't tell yet. who they are anymore. Maybe that's how they're getting so good at transing that you can't even tell anymore. Remember, <laughs> they're transing back. Right. There's a um, lot of that happening. I haven't seen this pointed out anywhere, but to me, it seems like a glaring point of hypocrisy uh, or something worth noting. Since these are the, you know, that's their whole movement right now. But that it, it shows you that this whole transvestite movement is an operation. It's a line of effort. Um, it's being used to demoralize and to destabilize. And I think that this also shows you how expendable that group of small, I believe, small group of people is or are. Uh, and as we listened a, a couple weeks ago to Yuri Benzimov, the former KGB propagandist, uh, explain that these are going to be the first people to get wiped out once they're no longer useful. And I think that that's evident when you see a, a video like this. 
because there's still going to be, you know, there's still this. I think you're right. What you said earlier, and they are. They're ramping up. You're seeing these uh, the 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 push for acceptance of transvestites comes with t-shirts with guns and knives. Right. I'm seeing now just <laughs> and trans people, uh, transvestites uh, uh, in full Antifa gear with, uh, with, you know, uh, semi-autos strapped around them. Right. So they're, they're now going, the, the, the full radicalist phase has now begun to unfold. Yeah, and that's why you have the, uh, I the, guess the transvestite that, shooter in Nashville. This is this is you're watching their radicalism come to fruition. I guess they did some poll testing and thought those images might not be good for their video because, of course, he points out the MAGA extremists, right? MAGA extremists. Or maybe this was just the version the beginning we saw. of that. Maybe there is another version. Maybe there's one floating around in in that. Among those spheres that just show transvestites, well, they'll certainly have to they'll have to people. supplement their content to to assuage that community who will feel as though they've been disappeared out of that out of that vision of America that he presented. They'll have to do something. It'd be interesting if there were. It'd be interesting if somebody in the White House press corps would ask why wasn't why weren't they included in his campaign? No, when did they get one of those? Because they seemed. They seem to be the most important group of people in the history of the country. Did you know they built this country? Uh, I they, yes, they were uh, uh, trans Chinese people who built the railroad. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, they were. Yeah, they, this country was built on the black on the backs of transvestites. I think, and I can't believe Biden would cut them out and Muslims. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. I think that well, you uh, walked right into it, the next segment. I don't know if you know that. I'm just as I'm just as stunned. I have one more Biden. Oh, go for it. Uh, just a quick clip. Um, he was at at a. Uh, the reason I think this is is important is it it gives us some direction and guidance and perhaps how some of us might want to spend our time or some of our spare time for anybody that has spare time. Like if you've had spare time to watch Fox News. For hours a day, there's like I would look at this as a reason for you know maybe doing something different. This is what you can fill Here. your Tucker time slot with, <laughs> right? So uh, Uncle Joe was in the Rose Garden Monday. Uh, it was a ceremony to honor teachers, and and it just it was like a nothing unimportant event, but he was you know talking about teachers and how wonderful they are how great they are and he's a teacher and his wife Jill's a teacher so everybody's a teacher and teachers are at, at this meeting teachers are the most important people in the history of mankind for what they do but he made a comment and it's a comment we've heard before but we've usually hearing this comment coming sometimes from some media personalities or pundits, and it gets highlighted a lot, um, talking about our kids, our children. Oh, yeah. I heard this. Go. Yeah. Okay. And some people, some people might have heard it, and I'm sure anybody listening to this 
show will be offended and disagree with it. Maybe not shocked. Maybe you've heard it, but um, there's something I want to point out about it. So, so listen to this. There's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. Do you agree? It takes a village. There's no such thing as someone else's child. There's no such thing as someone else's child. All our children are all our children. Um, but somebody had pointed out to me, uh, Steve Coglin, who we reference often on the show. On uh, You can follow him on Twitter, Stephen Coglin on Twitter. Uh, he's an intelligence analyst, but he had pointed out that this comes that this idea because we, there were what was it is it joy reed maybe said the same thing on msnbc I'm a while back right and now. it got I'm a lot of headlines right yeah and and there have been others who have said that you know basically putting forth the argument that you have no claim to ownership over your 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 own kids and uh or that that all of the kids belong to society at large and this this idea comes out of Plato's Republic. Um, Plato's Republic is is basically like a play and dialogues of conversations between philosophers uh, a couple thousand years ago. And Coglin's argument is that everything we're seeing from the left and, and the entire Marxist, philosophy is based on Plato's Republic directly and and they're directly living out Plato's Republic in real life and it says in uh, book five of the Republic and this is just a quick segment but just to show you I suppose that the following law goes along with the last one and others that preceded it and they were talking about different laws and different frameworks for society which i'm not going to get into because i haven't read enough of it yet but just reading the page is like shocking you're like wow um which one that all these women are belong in common to all the men and that was what what they're arguing or or talking about is that women also not just children would be uh, public property None are to live privately with any man, and that children, too, are to be possessed in common, so that no parent will know his own offspring or any child his parent. Basically, they're talking, they talk about taking kids away, like where kids, I mean, it, it gets really bizarre where there's this whole like breeding period of time and where all the children are taken away from the breeders. Didn't the Nazis do that? Separate. Didn't the Nazis like, take I mean, children away from their parents and try to breed perfect people? My, I don't I don't know if that was part of it but or if that's what Hitler's youth were, but this is... I mean, it's... When you just read the one or two pages around this line, which is exactly what Joe Biden just said... <laughs> I mean, it's it's freaky. And so I had said in yesterday's show uh, that we were, you know, that I wanted to give a homework assignment. I don't necessarily want to assign this whole book to people, but I am going to start reading this book. And anybody that 
uh, maybe we have somebody you know, in our audience who's already read it who can chime we in. We might and and right and anybody that that uh, is interested in in doing some maybe deeper philosophical education for themselves because obviously this is stuff that was eliminated from our educational system when when we were in school i never had opportunity to look at this or or study any of this stuff but um i'm going to be bringing more stuff probably in the coming weeks or months from coglin that articulates these points more clearly like uh, and articulates his point of of what we're looking at because you can look at a lot of the books of the left and you can look at the communist manifesto and you can look at whatever and you can say this is what this is his argument and it is looking to be accurate is that basically everything we're seeing is coming out of plato plato's republic and plato's symposium uh, the now the current push that's coming out for do to I have to start calling people pedophilia. Uh, Joseph Piper calls it the platonic nightmare, okay. basically, and that's what we so are you're a going platonist. into. So, <laughs> I just want yeah, to know what platonist. to call people <laughs> or platonicist. Well, you're a platonic. I'm an anti-platonicist, right? <laughs> or I'm a platonicist <laughs> theorist. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> uh, yeah. You want to hear Melissa Harris Perry? This was this was her comment. That's who it was. Yeah, here, yeah. listen to this. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. That was uh, an MSNBC promo from a decade yeah. ago. Yeah. So now you've got the president of the United States saying this stuff. And, you know, I call that borderline alarming. Or I would also just call it alarming. alarming. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, I... I, I wanted to highlight executive producer Ann found that uh, clip and didn't get time to run it yesterday. But I think, uh, like I said, we've been uh, – and I'm not trying to rail on everybody. I know Tucker Carlson is an entertaining guy, and and I think he's smart. And I think that you do get good insight and news from him. But uh, to really understand the things that are going on, you got I think we need to dig – a little deeper than just the actual headlines and current events and news and go back to a lot of these uh, books and philosophies from the past to have a better understanding of what we're looking at, which is going to provide us with better opportunities and prepare us uh, really for, for better opportunities to desynchronize these types of attacks. So, uh, that is all I have on Biden today. I hope uh, he loses, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's there's not still, even if he does, we know there's still nothing's getting fixed. In, I don't think he's going to make it to the election. Whoever becomes president, that's just my. That's just I think my they're prediction. trying to bring him out. I think they're trying to pull him out. They are absolutely think, working to pull uh, him out. I watched. I didn't I clip think this. Kennedy's, I watched a, a press conference where. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin was at the Milwaukee Press Club, 
And uh, one of the reporters, they're, they're all lefty reporters, and one of the lefty reporters asks him to comment on Hunter Biden and the laptop and the corruption. And I thought to myself, whoa, you guys are trying to get rid of yeah. Biden. I think they are at this point. They're let him. And it, so, in the Kennedy announcement, some of the you know pundits who've been around for six decades are like, this is a kind of exactly uh, reminiscent of when his father ran for president. Lyndon Johnson was extremely unpopular and running for reelection. And then Robert Kennedy senior came in and uh, turned every, or actually it was a different candidate. I think came in first. His name was McCarthy, I believe. And then that opened the door for Kennedy to come in and sort of take over and dominate. And they're, Comparing the situation now uh, is very similar, where Biden's just done. Kennedy's sort of not exactly sure what his motivation is yet. I actually, I do think, I think he's he's vying for vice president. Uh, I think that's his his under Biden I don't think or he under Trump. He can actually rent no under Trump. Um, I think that's what he's angling for. Yeah, I don't know if that's uh, the way I see it. I don't know it. if I'm ready to agree with you on that one yet. Yeah, need to me, more data. That, that's the only thing. That's the only thing that makes sense at this point. I might change my mind, but that's that's what it looks like to me right now. Uh, I don't see him. Uh, he's not going to get the Democrat nomination. That's for They're sure. not going to let him have it. So either he's going to go in as a third party candidate and really screw things up, or he, which probably also won't get him into the White House. But uh, no, that would get Biden. Probably or it would get whoever's on the Democratic ticket into the White House because Kennedy and Trump will split the votes. The only way well, if I don't he runs so. independently, the think only that, way to avoid the Democrat is for Kennedy and Trump to be the part, be running mates. I don't think so. I think we could look at a situation where it goes down to a house where nobody gets enough electoral votes to win in that type of okay. scenario. Well, that's possible too. That'll be really good for uh, the but anyways. Uh, well, so we're now past an hour. Do we bump the last <laughs> the last segment to a new? How long pop is it? Up? How how <laughs> long, long is it? Long. How long? It's not long. We just can get it run done it. in a few minutes. Just okay. Good. All right. So it, it relates to the to. The, the trans movement and its relationship to Marxism. And this comes from the No Agenda Show. For people who listen to us, you know, the No Agenda Show is basically the the podfather show of this show. It's a, it was one of the main inspirations for us launching this program. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, Adam Curry, who is the co-host of that show, is the actual inventor of podcasting. So, uh, uh, but because they were our inspiration, I actually feel like I, 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 I'm a little cautious about clipping from them because we don't want to be, we don't want to step on their toes. We don't want to be too close to what they're doing. Um, although because they're an inspiration, that may be difficult. At any rate, I did clip this from the No Agenda show. Uh, and if you're listening to this show, frankly, you should go listen to the No Agenda show too. Uh, after you're done with this show. If you haven't finished every episode of this show, do not go over to No Agenda yet. But if you have... And you're looking for more? Go to No Agenda. Um, they have excellent, excellent media analysis. They a very do good and very entertaining program. Uh, They're they not as family friendly as we are, though. We can say right, that, right? It's yeah. I wouldn't call. I get it, it's hard, you know, because I know some people have zero tolerance for any 
type of profanity, there is some profanity in that show. So if you don't like any profanity, probably just don't listen to it. If you can overlook some of that, which I'm not recommending to anybody to do, but if you're somebody where that doesn't uh, you know, cause you to use more profanity and listen to their insight, they do give excellent uh, analysis. And so this comes from them, and I'm going to I'm going to tee this up. They're talking about uh, James Lindsay, uh, and here let me give you. I went to our our co-producer ChatGPT, and I put a voice to ChatGPT so you could hear this. James Lindsay is an American-born author, mathematician, and cultural commentator. I gave it a little British flair because I figured that just sounds more educated when you're talking about somebody. James Lindsay is an American-born author, mathematician, and cultural commentator. He is known for his criticism of postmodernism, critical race theory, and intersectionality, as well as his advocacy for free speech and academic freedom. Lindsay holds a PhD in mathematics from the University of Tennessee and has authored several books, including Cynical Theories, How Activist Scholarship Made Everything About Race, Gender, and Identity and Why This Harms Everybody, co-authored with Helen Pluckrose, and Everybody is Wrong About God. He is also a regular contributor to various online publications and is a co-founder of the New Discourses website, which aims to provide a platform for critical thinking and open dialogue on issues related to culture, politics, and society. Now, not to be one-sided, I also asked ChatGPT, well, what what do his detractors say about him? James Lindsay's critics have accused him of being a controversial figure who promotes dangerous ideas and has an agenda to discredit progressive social movements. Some have claimed that his work misrepresents and caricatures the ideas of his opponents, and that he promotes a narrow and misguided view of science and rationality. Critics have also accused Lindsay of being transphobic, arguing that his critiques of certain aspects of the trans rights movement are an attempt to undermine the legitimacy of transgender identities and rights. So far I'm liking everything I'm hearing. (laughs) They point to some of his controversial statements and social media activity, which they say demonstrate a lack of empathy and understanding of the experiences of trans individuals. Additionally, some have argued that Lindsay's work is ideologically driven, and that he is more interested in advancing his own political agenda than in engaging in a sincere and open-minded discussion about complex issues. So that's, that's the author, James Lindsay. And now here is the No Agenda podcast uh, with a clip from James Lindsay talking about trans as a Maoist wedge tactic, which is right in line with what you have been talking about, Jeremy. From the Marxist perspective, having studied the history of Marxism to the 20th century, I'm telling you, this guy, George Lukács in Hungary, laid this plan out because if you get these kids, like, you break down their innocence sexually, especially, uh, what you can do is then you're gonna, they're going to go home and they're going to tell their parents that they're some, like, lith-romantic, you know, demisexual, you know, tree, tree self gender, some, you know, pronouns tree, tree self or something. Some, and their parents are going to be like, what? You know, and they're gonna be like, "Mom, you just don't understand." You know, so that you separate the the younger generation from the older generations. So you get them to break away and think that they're old fogies, that they're repressive. You don't want me to be my true self, etc. The goal is actually to destabilize the kids' identity so that they're groomable. 
That's identity without an essence in queer theory. And then they're groomable. Then you groom them into the stuff. And then they look at their parents' culture. They look at their parents themselves. They look at their parents' generation. They look at the parents' religion. And they say, that doesn't represent me. We need something completely different. So it's to set, it's to, just like in Mao's cultural revolution, and I mean that much more literally than, than you might suspect, it's to cut the tie between the continuity of culture up to that point, including the family, and to start a whole new culture afterwards. I mean, Pol Pot called it years zero i guess klaus schwab calls it a great reset um but the goal is to separate the new generation from the traditions and views of the old generation for mao it was to destroy the so-called four olds old culture old habits old customs and old ways of thinking sujio and and mandarin and um these kids would get like hopped up on this crap and became the red guard and like would go into temples and like rip down all the statuary and tear things down and destroy all the, all the old all the old kung fu masters mm. got their asses beat by mobs to get rid of like old Chinese culture because it's embarrassing or whatever you know there's all Chinese medicine of course and you can say well that stuff was bullshit probably need it but it doesn't matter there's like destroy the old culture and they would go home and they eventually got to where they're beating their parents they're beating their teachers that were considered revolutionaries or sorry uh, reactionaries instead of being in favor of the Chinese cultural revolution and Mao had a whole program he used in schools and I see something so similar to that in our schools now that I'm freaking out yeah, he's right. And trans is not the only issue where this is being done. It's being done on race as well. When they say that, you know, the United States is, is institutionally racist and white privilege, what they're communicating to the mm-hmm. younger generation is your older generation, your parents' generation is racist and and they don't care. Mm-hmm. And so it creates that wedge. And, and there was, this is from CNN, uh, so this was from the story. We talked about this story briefly. A lot of people know about the story of the the older uh, uh, the elderly white guy who uh, shot through his door uh, when a young black kid uh, rang the bell and was trying to enter his house because uh, he was allegedly at a mistaken at the mistaken property when he was trying to pick up his brothers. And this old guy shoots through the door. And actually, that's his big problem: is he shot through the door. You have to wait until somebody comes in. Uh, depending on what state it is. But um, at any rate, this was this jumped out at me. I don't know if you caught this, the, the clip of his grandson on CNN. Listen to this. Do you believe your grandfather? This is Don Lemon, who was uh, just before he was fired. Maybe this was the interview that got him fired. I doubt it. This probably get, bought him a couple of extra days. Uh, Don Lemon interviewing the grandson of the shooter. Do you believe your grandfather is racist? Uh, I believe he holds, holds racist tendencies and beliefs. Why? Meanwhile, his grandson has his hair. I'm just noticing this for the first time. His hair is in cornrows, which is cultural appropriation. His white grandson is racist. But can you imagine he, this? He you're, might be black. You're talking about your he grandfather really on, on CNN? I do say that. Yeah. Uh, he's just a stock... American Christian male. It's uh, older, you know, that's just how they are. So this has been done across the board. Trans is just the latest way that they've been doing it. They have turned the youth against against their parents, against their grandparents. My grandpa's racist. 
And for anybody interested, there are open enrollment public schools all around the country that you can send your kids to if you're making the mistake of homeschooling your children. <laughs> My last clip, this is from KMBC, uh, not NBC, KM as in Matthew, KMBC. Uh, prosecutor says there is a racial component, but he doesn't elaborate or even seem to understand what the word elaborate means. Was there a racial component to this case, however? As the prosecutor of Clay County, I can tell you there was a racial component to the case. Can you elaborate? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? He, the question was, can you elaborate? <laughs> uh, 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 he goes full Soros on us. <laughs> they didn't tell me. Uh, they they didn't tell me to, about that question. They just said to say, yes, it was it a racial component there. Uh, I get to see the racial component. A, well, there was a white man and a black man, so it's a racial right. and Meanwhile, the trans okay. shooter in Nashville, that definitely was not anything to do with her being a tranny. Nothing to do with what medication no. she might be on. Nothing. No, 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 no. Nothing no, to do with that the hormones. Was all, that also, no, that was also a racial component. Right, right. that's right. <laughs> Why don't you ask me to elaborate? If you ask me to elaborate, uh, I, will elaborate? I will not answer. No, I, I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, yep. Well, so it's a very Marxist world. It's a very Maoist revolution you guys are all experiencing. And hopefully by listening to the Truth Bait podcast, we are opening your eyes to the Maoist cultural revolution. And you will understand what is happening, and how to communicate it to the people around you. And as you do, and tell them that they need to listen to the Truth Bay podcast so that they can you know, really fully understand this in depth. Exactly what I was just going to say. Because we're in a revolutionary cycle. And what's amazing to me is this whole pseudo reality that's being built around us and as crazy and upside down as it seems you can still live your life in many ways i think feeling relatively normal yeah for now but you but don't but don't be fooled because when it comes it's going to come fast and hard and that's what you need to be preparing for. And you need to sharpen your minds. It's the best tool you have that God gave you. Study what they study. Understand it. And tune and, uh, in to the Truth Bait podcast every Tuesday and Friday, where we will bring you a show without fail. To the best of our ability. And this has been the first... Pop with up a pop episode up. of the Truth Bait podcast. How do you think it went, Jeremy? I liked it. It was like a bonus. It was like a bonus for us. I hope it was a bonus for them. Episode 20. Listen for Friday for episode 21. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Now back to the sea of clickbait with you all. <laughs> <laughs>